This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart, and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's join our Monday guest. It's Oanda Senior Market Analyst in Singapore, Kelvin Wong. Good morning from London, Kelvin. Good afternoon to you. Hi, Johnny. Good to hear from you again after a short break. (laughs) Yes, it's been a few days since we last spoke and plenty has happened. More of that in a moment or two. But first, let's get the latest from the markets where you are. So the latest uh, significant movement as of today's close of today's Asia session will be this uh, ongoing continued persistence dollar weakness that was actually seen in early part of last week triggered by that uh, softer uh, US CPI print for October. So that more or less cemented the interest rate hike expectation from the US Federal Reserve. So if you look at the current pricing of the CME Fed Watch 2, right now it's actually 0% chance of that potential uh, last interest rate hike by the Fed uh, for the month of December and even in the entire month of 2024. So what market is expecting right now is that the US Federal Reserve is uh, more or less have may reach terminal uh, rate this time around at this juncture for the Fed funds, uh, which is at this uh, 5.25% to 5.5%. So right now, the expectation right now is when will be the first rate cut come in? And based on the expectation, uh, what we are actually seeing on the latest data print and in terms of sentiment, market is now actually pricing in at least a 30% chance, I would say it's not pretty high, but it's pretty significant to come in as early as March next year. So that actually drives that interest rate differential between uh, US and Japan. So given the fact that we know that since the start of this year, the dollar yen rate has been on a relentless uptrend, given of a more uh, hawkish Federal Reserve versus a much more kind of a, a stubborn BOJ that is pretty much reluctant to normalize its interest rate policy. Uh, I would say it's negative interest rate policy, despite the fact that uh, Japanese uh, inflation has been sticky above 2% for more than, I think, 11 months or so. So I would say that the current movement of the dollar yen this today's Asia session, which is the biggest driver among the major pair. So if you look at the Japanese yen actually strengthened, is the outperforming major currency. I would say it's the most outperforming major currency at this point in time while we are talking. Uh, it actually appreciate against the dollar at around 0.8% right now, intraday 0.8%. And technically speaking, it has broken down, the dollar yen has kind of broken down a key technical support level, which is the uh, 50-day moving average that is acting as a support at around this uh, 149.50 uh, level. So uh, given the fact that the, the driver of this uh, dollar yen is much more externally driven, that means not on Japanese fundamentals or MOF officials. Uh, we got threat of intervention, but it's more from the US side of the story. So uh, if we start to see much more uh, lackluster data that is coming out from US, uh, especially this week, we have the release of this flash PMI data for November for US. So any numbers that came in below expectation could actually increase the possibility of this uh, US Federal Reserve we talk about the current interest rate cycle is more or less being cemented. That's the end of it. And the next step over here is to look out for clues of the start of the first interest rate cut. So I do reckon that momentum-wise, fundamentally-wise, it tends to be much more supportive of a dollar-yen, at least from a short-term perspective right now. And it's been a long time coming, hasn't it, before we've actually hit what we believe is going to be the terminal rate 
over a year and a half, I think. But bucking the trend compared with all the other central banks has been the RBA, which, of course, last month raised the rates by 0.25%. And we are going to get the minutes of that meeting this week. Surely they've hit the terminal rate as well. It'd be interesting to read those minutes, which perhaps are a little bit out of date now. Yeah, perhaps because what market participants is pretty much uh, interesting to see is the rationale for RBA to actually increase their CPI inflation forecast for next year. So during the last monetary policy um, meeting, yes, they raised the rates by 25 basis points after a standing pad for more than prior four meetings. Uh, they also start to actually upgrade their inflation forecast for next year by I think uh, close to about uh, 25 basis points. So to be around 3 to 3.5% by the end of 2024. And also, they say that uh, by the end of 2025, it will be likely at the top of the target range of 2 to 3%. So it's a rather rosy uh, inflation uh, forecast, given the fact that we start to see a bit of a change in economic data last week, especially oil prices that tumbled close to more than, I think, slightly 23% from its September high. I think market participants will be much more curious to see the thinking behind RBA officials, why they actually uh, have this, uh, we call it view, or the rationale for them to upgrade their inflationary forecast at that point in time. And uh, that's more or less is a kind of a past context. And we will start to actually digest it uh, given the current uh, situation right now, the latest uh, economic numbers that are actually showing us in terms of data and in terms of what I call market prices, uh, such as uh, from oil itself. So pretty much interesting to see how does it uh, plays out. But for sure, same thing, the Aussie dollar has been uh, strengthening pretty uh, significantly as well last week in line with the broad-based uh, dollar weakness. So uh, definitely the driver of the Aussie dollar definitely will comes from the US side of the story uh, rather than the uh, Australia side of the story. So for me, uh, technically speaking, I'll be watching a key uh, level to me right now is this Aussie dollar is coming very close to the 20-day moving average that is acting as a resistance at around 65.95. So that is 0.6595. So uh, if you start to see a clear breakout above this 0.6595 level, it may trigger a kind of a multi-week movement on the Aussie dollar. Now, while you're away last week, uh, Calvin, we saw some big falls in the uh, oil price down to as low as, uh, as far as Brent crude is concerned, about $77. But that has recovered over the last few days and continues to do so today. Yes, for sure. Uh, last week, price has been pretty much driven by a lot of uh, technical elements that has been taken out on the downside, especially the break of that 200-day moving average uh, that was actually being triggered on last uh, Wednesday. So that actually uh, saw a kind of a uh, negative feedback loop into oil prices. Uh, and also, uh, I do reckon that perhaps those late speculative longs that actually engineered net long position around the last two and a half weeks or so, more or less been stopped out given the fact of this move itself. So right now, what's interesting over here is that uh, last Friday, we managed to see a recovery close to 4%, a 4% recovery for the WTI uh, light crude oil futures. So Friday, it closes at $73.10 per barrel. And right now, during Asia session, it's actually continue to uh, have this positive feedback loop up again. Current intraday positive 0.84% which is at around $76.67 per barrel. So that's actually very close, retesting that 200-day moving average right now. 
I think as a resistance. Okay, so the reason of this kind of a short term recovery in the WTI crude oil futures is primarily due to a rumor news flow that was out over on late Friday and uh, swirling around in the marketplace over the weekend, stating that this coming uh, OPEC Plus cartel meeting, which is on the weekend, which is on the twenty sixth of November, there's a possibility that several uh, key members of the OPEC Plus meeting, like Saudi Arabia, may continue to actually extend their so-called uh, supply cut or may even ignite much deeper supply cut given the fact that the global economy more or less has not starts to turn to the softer side of the story. So we're talking about the scenario of a soft landing and potentially a hard landing as well. So in order to protect their so-called profit margins, uh, very likely they may uh, continue to extend this supply cut as a kind of a base case scenario. So that's the ongoing rumor that is swirling around the marketplace right now. But for sure, from a technical uh, perspective, yeah, I'll be watching closely this key uh, short-term resistance level as it's heading on towards this OPEC Plus meeting. This Sunday will be at this 79.80 US dollar per barrel. So that is the uh, last Tuesday swing high. So that was the swing high. Uh, right before the release of the US CPI data. So if oil price managed to surpass uh, this level, uh, psychologically, it may kind of induce a bit of short-term momentum heading up towards the $82.65 mark. Very interesting. Finally, Kelvin, looking to the week ahead, we've got some key data, including some PMI. Yeah, so this week ahead, it will be more of a flash PMI release from the month of uh, November. So starting off late into the week, I would say into Thursday, we have the Eurozone uh, Manufacturing and Service PMI out on Thursday. And towards uh, Friday, we'll be uh, having this uh, US PMI uh, flash data from the month of November for the services and the manufacturing sectors as well. And do not forget, this week will be Thanksgiving week in US. So as we head towards the end of the week, uh, liquidity will be much lesser. So given a lesser liquidity, potentially anything a news release that is came in either below or above expectation could actually drive market prices much more significantly. Okay, Kelvin Wong in Singapore, thanks very much for joining us today. My pleasure, Johnny. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.